Whether we see this time of winter as literal or metaphorical, its message feels clear to me. This is a time to allow ourselves to rest, to settle, to let the maturation happen deep under the surface. Hi, and welcome back to Series 5 of the podcast that's all about deepening our self-awareness and self-compassion to help us make and manage deep and lasting change. I'm Henny, an author and personal change coach, and together with my guests, we'll be exploring themes and topics to challenge our thinking, underpinned by a bedrock of self-care. Settle in and listen. This is a time to rest, to reflect, and to see where the episode takes you. Today's episode begins with a question. What is the wisdom you have gathered to you? So it's been inspired by writing this next retreat that we're running at the beginning of December. And one of the things we're going to be exploring is how winter is a time of turning inward. The leaves have fallen, the crops have been harvested, the stores are full. And within that is the metaphor of seeing the wisdom or the crops that you have gathered to you, that you are now storing ready for when they need to be used and if you're watching on YouTube you can see it definitely is winter as I'm recording this or coming up into winter. Um, I'm snug and cosy in my gloves and my scarf in uh, in my new office in fact. I'll talk a little bit more about where I am in a moment. Now Whether we see this time of winter as literal (laughs) or metaphorical, its message feels clear to me. This is a time to allow ourselves to rest, to settle, to let the maturation happen deep under the surface. Through so much of our life, We are trained to stay up in our heads, disconnected with the natural rhythms of the seasons. In in this always-on culture, everything must happen at the same time. We are constantly doing. But we have to have times of rest. Otherwise, nothing new can grow. So as we turn inward, it's essential to listen to our bodies. They are our wisest self. They remember the rhythms of the seasons. And uh, women, of course, tend to know cyclical rhythms intimately. And men too, of course, have a natural rhythm, though without the obvious monthly bleed, it can feel less um visible perhaps but we all have these cycles we are we are natural creatures who follow the seasons but 
in our in our modern world we've been we've been trained out of it so noticing and being with these cycles these seasons is a key part of how we grow and and these times they can last for months or years perhaps it all depends on what it is that we need to learn in order that we can gather that wisdom that we can um, uh, that we can you know harvest that crop that we can gather that wisdom to us ready for our next phase of growth so if you've listened to any recent episodes of the podcast or you follow me on Instagram or Facebook you'll know that we have just moved home and here I am sitting in my new office with Wattle and Daub behind me um, in this early 1600s cottage. Um, we thought we wanted something modern with lots of glass and uh, we've ended up here. Um, and it's been an enormous journey for us to get here, emotionally as well as geographically. And in fact, it's the reason for having a three-week hiatus in this season of the podcast. I, I simply had to honour everything that we were going through. I had to turn inward to myself and to my family and, and to my dear friends that, you know, who were all being impacted by our move. Um, and in fact, uh, as I say that, really, it was the beginning of my own winter, you know, beginning of that shift into a new season. So my reflection here is that when we first moved to our old house 20 years ago, I was filled with resistance. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about how that manifested. And, and it took many years for that resistance to soften and for me to begin to understand what lay beneath it, what caused it, um and and how to address it and as my friends and family know and uh, had to endure over <laughs> multiple conversations and I'm so sorry for putting you through this I spent an awful lot of time thinking about moving um slash talking about moving um but for someone who's generally not averse to change it it just didn't happen until in the middle of this year, when I and my husband as well, Anton, we had a strong sense the the house and the land around us had released us. And, and for me, that sense was really visceral. And there was also some other kind of practical aspects too. Our son announced that he was going to leave home. There were lots of other things that went on, but there was also this very visceral sense for me personally that the house and the land around us said, okay, you can go now. And my sense is that it was only because I'd learned to love them fully that they said that they would let me go. I'd learned the lessons that they were there to teach me. 
So I mentioned that I arrived with with resistance. I, I would even say I'd arrived with some prejudice, with some assumptions against the place. And it sounds so weird to be saying that now when I reflect back, because why buy a house somewhere and almost choose not to move in fully? But that is actually what I did. I know, uh, you know, and I reflect back on language that I heard myself use um, probably sort of five, maybe 10 years ago, saying to a friend, oh, I feel like I've moved in now. You know, we'd been living there for 10 years at that point. Um, and there were lots of things that uh, that showed up in this, uh, this kind of resistance, this sort of uh, unwillingness to fully um, become part of the, the house, to become part of the community. Um, and I think it, it sort of came out in a sense that the house was never quite enough, like the way that we... And the way it looked wasn't quite as good as if somebody else lived there. And uh, there was lots and lots of sort of stuff around that, which I think is a lovely metaphor for how I felt about myself. Um, obviously, it was nothing to do with the house. You know, these things really are. They're generally about things that we feel about ourselves. Um, I also actively shied away from making connections, particularly when I first moved there. And I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to the conversation that I had with Debbie Pugh about confidence, um, which was series five, episode eight. I think actually it's the one just before this one um, and how we met in a school playground when our sons uh, were just starting the local school. And we both said we didn't really want to make any any new friends and from from my perspective I was kind of actively really didn't want to I really felt like I had enough friends in my life and didn't really want to be making connections into the village there was that resistance there and obviously what happened is that she became one of my dearest friends thank goodness um but I you know, there, there are a number of kind of assumptions or fears sitting underneath that around um, what happens when you become too closely entwined within a community or, um, you know, stuff there that I, I needed to work through as well. And obviously, you know, uh, one of my huge learnings, one of the, the enormous bits of wisdom that I have gathered is that I ended up with an incredibly strong network of amazing, wonderful women and men around me um, who taught me that actually when you make connections in a community, it can be just astonishingly powerful and nurturing and nourishing. And the fears that I had carried were ungrounded. But they were true. The fears were there. The The truth of the fear was that the fear was there. And what I needed to do was unpick that in order to be able to be open enough to build the relationships that I did build. I think there was also something around uh, familiarity breeds contempt. I'd lived away for years, lived abroad, lived in Cairo and Lisbon, and then ended up living 10 miles from where I was born. And and I think part of me arrived and on a very, very deep subconscious level, I was still seeing it with the eyes of my adolescent self. And I think that was part of that resistance. Um, 
and and also the landscape around where we lived uh the flatlands of cambridgeshire seemed dull by comparison with places that we'd lived before and for anton he grew up in north wales so you know he was used to hills and valleys and um you know dramatic scenery and here we were in this sort of gentle undulating landscape and and so it felt hard to really really connect now i'm being brutally honest here because i think it's important to notice these things and and i also want to call out that obviously in and around all of that we loved the place we loved our friends we loved being there um but there was this stuff this sort of subtext that was sitting there too and then and then we fell in love with the people so the friendships that grew were just incredibly rewarding and fulfilling and will last for the rest of my life we fell in love with the house and i see it now as somewhere that cared for us so fully so incredibly fully during some incredibly challenging times as well as vibrantly joyful times and we fell in love with the land as there's so many people during lockdown we began to see the land that we lived in with new eyes we saw the undulations of where the three counties of cambridgeshire and essex and suffolk meet we walked and we walked and we walked and anton cycled and cycled and cycled and we knew that land and we noticed the rise and fall of those undulations in a way that seemed entirely at odds with how we had perceived it before and of course for so many people lockdown had this powerful effect of bringing a fierce awakening and awareness of life and nature and and an appreciation of everything that we have so whatever it was um that sparked an awareness and awakening of that deep wisdom the challenge is to hold on to it and to see how it is that we wish to use it and my sense is that we can apply this learning of what what has come before and how we wish to use it to what comes next to support what comes next we can apply this to to jobs to relationships to places that we live we can apply it to pretty much every experience that we have in life everything gives us a learning opportunity that we can take forward and part of it might be looking with a really unblinkered eye what was going on before and what we have learned what it has taught us 
that we can then take forward with an unblinkered eye into what comes next. So our original family home taught me so much and you'll have heard my voice breaking earlier. (laughs) It taught me so much about connecting with others as well as with myself and with the nature that was around us. And I am deeply, deeply grateful for every single experience that we had there. And I know that our new family home here in this wooded valley on the edge of England will teach me just as much. And in fact, I'm already learning. So one thing uh, came from a neighbour who shared uh, something someone else once told her And I'm misquoting her here, but the essence was living in a valley is like living inside a hug. And so my personal learning, these things I know, is to bring all of the wisdom that we have gathered from the past 20 years in our previous home and to use it to help us to be entirely present with everything we experience in this new home without expectation or assumption and to fall into the hug that it offers us. So I wonder if that has sparked thoughts for you to reflections of lessons that you have learnt, that you have gathered to you, wisdom that is yours to apply to experiences that you have now or experiences that come in the future. This idea of uh, gathering and storing that wisdom over winter until It's ready to to grow in the springtime, the literal or metaphorical springtime. Um, And as ever, I'd love to hear from you. It's just beautiful when you share your reflections um, from these episodes. And if you'd like to join us at the last retreat of the year, It's on the 4th of December uh, from 10.30 until 1 and it's all about setting intentions for winter. Uh, There are a couple of spaces left. It would be gorgeous to see you there. And the reflections from the women who join us are always profound. And we keep the group small so that everyone has a chance to share if that's what feels right. Or if it feels right for you just to be there and just to listen, then that's okay too. And yeah, as I say, it would be wonderful to see you. So simply email me, henny at hennyflynn.co.uk if you'd like to join us. And if you'd like to find out about any of the retreats or anything that's happening next year, then please do get in touch. And join the mailing list as well. And to do that, just message me and I'll make sure that you get added. Um, 
So take care, my darlings, and I send you a hug and a wave.